Welcome to another exciting podcast episode of The Decline and Fall of America. I am your worldwide podcasting host, Charles Factor, broadcasting live from the Foggy Mountain Studios and the Great Misty Beyond. Today we have a fascinating subject for discussion. We're going to be talking about monopolies. No, not the board game monopoly. We're going to be talking about America and monopolies in business that are crushing the economy of America, basically ripping off consumers, giving poor service, while at the same time making themselves and their executives very rich. So let's talk about this. I'm going to read an article from Forbes magazine, Forbes online newspaper magazine, and it's, you know, Forbes is as big as it gets. It talks about American business each and every day. And this article is entitled, quote, America has a monopoly problem, unquote. So let me read you part of the article and then we'll discuss it. So this is, again, from Forbes magazine. And let me read you part of the article. Quote, across industries, the United States has become a country of monopolies. Three companies control 80% of mobile telecoms. That's your cell phones. Three companies have 95% of all credit cards. That's Visa, MasterCard, and probably Discover Card, I think. Four companies have 70% of airline flights. Well, I'm guessing Delta and United and maybe American. Within the United States, U.S. Google handles 60% of all searches, and the list goes on and on. Quote, this again is from Forbes newspaper online, quote, in agriculture, four companies control 66% of all U.S. hogs, those are pigs, slaughtered in 2015, 85% of all steer, that's cattle, and half of all chickens, according to the Department of Agriculture. That's just four companies. Quote, similarly, just four companies control 85% of all U.S. corn seed sales, which is up from 60% in the year 2000, and 75% of all soybean seed, and it, which is a jump from about half of that, the Agriculture Department says, for far larger than anyone, including the American companies Dow, DuPont, and Monsanto. And as we have reported, meaning Forbes magazine has reported, some economists say this concentration of market power is gumming up the economy and is largely to blame for decades of flat wages and weak productivity growth. Well, that's kind of an interesting article, isn't it? Um, I didn't read all of it. I just read some of it, but I did want to talk about it. So it's clear from Forbes magazine, Forbes online, and by the way, the title of that article was America Has a Monopoly Problem, unquote. If you want to find that online, you can. But basically what they're saying is, is you have concentrations where uh, in industries, big industries like agriculture or airlines or cell phones, and there's lots of others that we can all think of, um, where the industries, there's only a few companies left. So they don't really try to compete with each other. They overcharge for their products. They give very poor service. I mean, try to get an airline on the phone. If you need customer service, you might be waiting for hours. So it's it's an indicator that we have big companies that buy up smaller companies, and then they buy up other smaller companies, and they buy up other smaller companies, and eventually you just have a few big companies. And you say, well, what's wrong with that? Well, imagine you're, you're a worker in the labor market. You're trying to find a job. You want to get a good salary, good benefits, but you really can't if there's only three or four companies. 
I mean, the people at the top are probably making good money, but everyone else, not so much. And if you lose that job for any reason, because American jobs, corporate jobs tend to last about three or four years, that's on average. And I'll talk about that in a future podcast. There's no stability. But how do people jump from job to job if there's only two or three businesses in their entire economic sector? So for example, if you worked in the agricultural industry and you just heard about the monopoly concentrations in agriculture, how would you find another job if you lost one? Let's say you're working for ConAgra, a big big agriculture company, or you're working for General Mills, another big agricultural company, or Monsanto, still another one, and you lose your job. Let's say you're working in, I don't know, Minneapolis, St. Paul for General Mills, and you lose your job. There isn't another job there from another company that's that's in your industry that's at your level. You're going to have to move if you want to find another job. And even then, it's going to be hard because there's only very few companies left. So the employees have to compete with a lot of other employees for just a few economic slots. A good example is in the aerospace industry. I mean, you've got what? You have Boeing. I, I think you have McDonnell Douglas in some form still around. Um, I'm not sure that there's many other American aerospace companies left that are building planes and things of that nature. And so, you know, if you're working as an aerospace engineer, let's say, or or even on the assembly line, you know, building or servicing airplanes, what do you do if you lose your job? I mean, the average American job at corporate America only lasts three or four years. I'll, again, I'll talk about that in another podcast, but... But we're a nation of essentially temporary employees. So what happens if you're working for, let's say, you know, McDonnell Douglas, which produces aircraft? You know, what are the odds you're going to be able to get a job at Boeing? Not much. You know, if there's only one other employer that you have to try to get a job at, it's going to be very, very competitive. The wages and benefits might not be what you want. And you might have to move your entire family to get that job, causing tremendous instability and some challenges for your family. So I'm not saying it's all downside, but when you have monopolies, it just doesn't hurt the consumer. I mean, yes, it does hurt the consumer. Well, let's talk about that. Is there such a thing as customer service anymore? I mean, drive by a local strip mall in your neighborhood today. What do you see? You see a lot of chain stores, right? And I get that. You get standardized product. You know what you're getting. You have standardized fees and schedules. But do you really have any competition for no? I mean, you go in and you try to get any service. There's nobody to wait on you. There's there's nobody to answer your questions. There's no real customer service. And God forbid you want to try to you know reach somebody and, and, and get some help. You're not going to be able to do it. It's just not going to happen. So it's it's challenging at the retail level and even worse online. Have you ever tried to reach Facebook if you need customer service? Have you tried to reach Google if you need customer service? Even Amazon. If you need to talk to a person, customer service. And Amazon is sad because years ago they had great customer service and now not any customer service whatsoever. They don't feel they need it. They practically have a monopoly. I mean, listen, they're good at what they do. They're very good at warehousing. They're very good at shipping. So they're very good at getting products in and getting them delivered quickly. Nobody can compete with that. That's why they practically have a monopoly. But customer service, which they used to do very well, they, they've cut it back to make more money. I don't even know why they need to make more money. They're already making billions. My goodness, are they making money. But if you have a problem and you want to reach them, good luck. It's like calling an airline. I mean, you could be on the phone forever if you could even get on the phone. And for a while, they closed down their phone customer service banks completely. You couldn't get anyone at all makes it problematic if you need to return something or exchange something or if something arrives broken or whatever. So this is not, you know, unique to Amazon. I'm just saying it's try to reach any online company that we all rely on. So 
All I'm saying is this, is we have a monopoly problem. I mean, that is the title of the article in Forbes uh, online. And Forbes, by the way, the source that I just read from, is very friendly to the business community. This is not an anti-business publication. It's very pro-business. But what they're saying is, hey, America, we have a monopoly problem. So when Forbes newspaper online or magazine online does both, when when Forbes, F-O-R-B-E-S, if you want to look it up, says we have a monopoly problem, America has a monopoly problem, you can better well believe that America has a business monopoly problem, which means that it's much harder for employees to find good jobs because there's fewer and fewer and you can't negotiate for wages and benefits because there's nowhere else you can go and they know that. And it's also almost impossible for consumers to get good customer service or get alternative products or even get something new or something innovative because these large monopolies like to crush innovation. They don't want competition. If they see competition coming up in the form of a new company, well, what do they do? Well, they buy it, they hold on to it for a while, then they lay everyone off that's productive and eventually they close it down. They buy it and capture it and destroy it. It's not illegal. It's what they do. They don't want to lose their monopolies. You know, the railroads in the 19th century had monopolies in various regions. And of course, the oil companies had monopolies in various regions in the 19th century. And the steel companies had monopolies in various regions in the 19th century. And what did we do? Well, President Teddy Roosevelt, you know, decided to pass antitrust legislation, anti-monopoly legislation, and he broke them up. He broke up, for example, the Standard Oil Company into eight smaller oil companies, many of which you know today, like Conoco and Exxon and Sunoco. Those were all f- parts of the former Standard Oil Company. They were broken up into eight smaller companies. Or in my lifetime, if you remember the old AT&T, the telephone company, it had a monopoly coast to coast. The government broke that up into a lot of smaller companies. They used to call them baby bells, right? That was the name of the smaller companies that AT&T was broken up into. And many of those baby bells are names that you would recognize today. They've just changed their names slightly. So, but in any event, the government can step in. There is There are laws on the book that say... You're not supposed to have a monopoly over the American economy because it's so destructive to the American society, to the American economy, because the people running the monopoly can charge anything they want and give very poor service and very poor product quality, and there's nothing anyone can do about it. So there are laws that our federal government could enforce to break up these monopolies, but you and I both know what's going on, right? We have two corrupt political parties you know, that are just engaged in stealing as much money as they can for themselves and their leaders. They're both bad. We have lousy political parties. They're corrupt. And so we have a corrupt government. And so our government is not taking action against these monopolies. They're just not. They're leaving them alone. And you and I are paying the price for it. Whether we're workers or customers, you and I are paying the price for it. And sometimes, you know, when you're another business and you want to try to compete against these large companies, how do you do that? How does anyone compete against an Amazon or a Google or a Facebook or anyone else? you know, or a major airline. How does anyone compete against that? They'll crush you. They'll crush you in a thousand ways. They've got the money and the resources and the lawyers and the accountants, and they can pay campaign contributions, which means bribes to the politicians to do or not do something. In this case, the large businesses, the monopolies, are paying our politicians campaign contributions, which means bribes, so that the politicians do nothing and do not enforce the laws against monopolies, which is the job of the federal government. 
So our federal government has broken down. We all know that. It's not enforcing the laws against monopolies anymore. And, the, and these large companies, every time someone comes close to trying to enforce the law against monopolies, well, they just make campaign contributions, meaning bribes, to our politicians, and nothing happens. And you and I continue to be exploited by bad service, bad products, and wages that are not as competitive as they should be. So there you have it. America has a monopoly problem. I ask you, what does this mean for the decline and fall of America? I am your worldwide podcasting host, Charles Factor, broadcasting live from the Foggy Mountain Studios and the great Misty Beyond, wishing you a great day.